Welcome, Christian Israel, Pastor Eli James and Michael Swede here for another episode of Bloodlines. Today is July 2nd, 2023. Get ready to celebrate your lack of independence. If you think, if you think America is a free country, you're sadly mistaken. Of course, the real patriots know that we're no longer a free country. And uh, I don't think we were a free country for very long. <laughs> the Civil War put an end to that. And certainly the Federal Reserve Bank has totally destroyed our liberty. And, uh, you know, that's the, the eighth beast, Mystery Babylon of the Book of Revelation, which the vast majority of Judeo-Christian ministers totally ignore. All right. But today we're going to continue with our series on Henry Ford on the protocols. And, of course, his uh, main author, uh, uh, William Cameron, who did most of the writing uh, on this topic. But first, uh, uh, well, uh, 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 Michael, uh, any thoughts from last week's show, or any uh, any news from uh, from last week? Um, no, not not really. But I think it, it seems like the message about that the the Jews would say they're misdoing is they're getting out. And here in yeah. Sweden lately, they made a you know the secret police. I think they made a report. No, they they ordered a report. About okay. where they described all those alternative groups and conspiracy theorists, all they say, and and they also imply in the report that that you can't criticize Jews, that they are some kind ah, protected. Right, right, okay, yeah. So but the Jews are going. They, what, yeah. yeah, go yeah, ahead. Sorry, and um, yeah, but that's so that that is what they spend money on to doing those kind of uh, doing uh, report about people and they. About those groups and uh, us, and then they like trying to, yeah, and, and they want to say that we can't criticize Jews or Muslims. I think that was the implication in this in this report. Yes, yes. So uh, everywhere around the world, the Jews are scrambling to stifle freedom of speech. Uh, in other words, to stifle criticism of themselves. It's, it's getting really bad, and uh, you know, the, I've read reports from Jewish sources that uh, Jews are fleeing big cities. Because uh, the big cities, well, they they imported the Muslims that hate Jews into those big cities, didn't they? <laughs> okay, so they created their own problem. But uh, we're going to continue with our uh, series on uh, Henry Ford and the international Jew. But I just put a link into because last week we closed talking about how easy it is for Jews with their control of mass media to destroy a person's reputation, okay? And they had uh, instituted this affair of the diamond necklace. I just put the link in the chat room. In fact, uh, let me give it to you also because it's, it's a major scandal and it just shows how easy it is for the Jews, once they control mass media, to absolutely destroy someone's reputation. And that's what they did. Marie Antoinette was actually a very conscientious and kind woman who would help people and uh, and you know, help the poor and uh, get uh, you know, make work for uh, poor women in France. And she's blamed for a lot of stuff. I don't think she ever said, let them eat cake. I think that's a lie, too. But anyway, so uh, she maybe said, let them eat bread. <laughs> right? But there was no bread. The reason why there was no bread... It wasn't her fault. It wasn't the king's fault. It was the international trader, traders who purchased wheat and bread from France to export overseas. 
and the French people were watching their harvest being carried off in wagons to over overseas ports like Britain and other places or you know, other countries because the the owners of the wheat had uh you know the best price by selling it overseas or or to other countries and that the king couldn't do much about that he would have to declare some kind of lockdown that would be make him very popular <laughs> he's already unpopular right okay so the affair of the diamond necklace from wikipedia and Comment. Yeah. Can, yeah. I, can I make a comment here on this? If you yeah, said on this, the food and the bread. Isn't that also a common thread? If you, if you also look at, at in this, in this Bolshevik Jewish revolution, how they did this terrible Holodomor. Wasn't that what they did also for, for oh, them? Yeah. But it's so, the, again, they, they used the food and tried to starve us out. That is always one of their, their means of action to, uh, toward us. They have, and then I guess that that Ukraine that they sold on the on the world market I guess right well they have a version of that for one thing uh, Bill Gates is purchasing uh, farmland just about everywhere and uh, they're not growing crops what they're what they're doing is they're creating uh, Franken chicken right <laughs> they're they're growing uh, some sort of fake meat in uh, in factories and they're going to sell that as as chicken and other and other meat. And, uh, you know, they're, they're destroying, uh, cropland. Although, uh, in Illinois, it's, uh, the cornfields are growing rapidly in the, despite the drought. But, uh, you know, it's getting it to market is another story, right? So they're going to try to starve us out. And, uh, the CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency, is set to go into effect in July. We'll see how that works. I don't think it's going to work very well. But they're going to try to continue putting the pressure on us uh, through food. Food is a weapon, folks, when it's in the hands of the Jews. All right. So anyway, the affair uh, uh, was an incident from 1784 to 1785 at the court of King Louis XVI of France that involved his wife, Queen Marie Antoinette. The queen's reputation already tarnished by gossip. See, it's just all that's necessary is gossip, Right. Was further sullied, you know, you can make rumors about Jews, but it doesn't tarnish their reputation because it's already bad, right? <laughs> and water off a duck's back. The accusation that she had participated in a crime to defraud the crown's jewelers in acquiring a very expensive diamond necklace she then refused to pay for. In reality, she rejected the idea of buying it only to have her signature forged by Jean de Valois Saint-Rémy. Although Jean was later convicted, the event remains historically significant as one of the many that led to the French disillusionment with the monarchy, in that it was one of the contemporary scandals that gave moral weight and popular support for the French Revolution. You see, uh, once you control mass media... And the Jews and the Freemasons and who was it? The encyclopedists, uh, who were a combination of all of the above and the Jacobins were all allied with the Jews and, uh, or controlled by the Jews. And, uh, th- this propaganda, they had newspapers, uh, gr- cranking out fake, fake news, folks, fake news, newspapers and leaflets uh, f- cranking out fake news constantly. And there was no way the King of France could really overcome that, you know, because it was coming from everywhere. Background. In 1772, Louis XV of France decided to make Madame de Barry, one of his mistresses, 
a special gift at the estimated cost of 2 million lira, approximately U.S. 15 million in 20. <laughs> he requested that Parisian jewelers Charles Auguste Bomer and Paul Bassange create a diamond necklace that would surpass all others in grandeur. Now, this is for his mistress, not for his wife, folks. You can see how corrupt the court was already before Marie Antoinette. But Marie Antoinette was not like that. She was actually a good person. Anyway, uh, the affair. A confidence trickster who called herself Jean de Valois Saint-Rémy, also known as Jean de Lamotte made a plan to use the necklace. I'm sure some Jacobin or Jew uh, gave her money to, to concoct this plot and carry it out. Use the necklace to gain wealth and possibly power and royal patronage. A descendant of an out-of-wedlock son of Henry II of France, uh, Jeanne had married an officer of the gendarmes, Nicolas de la Motte, the self-proclaimed Comte de la Motte. She was living on a small pension that had been granted to her by the king. So, so she's being uh, given a pension by the king, and now she turns against him by involving herself in this plot. In March 1785, Jeanne became the mistress of Cardinal... Oh, here's where the cardinal comes in. The Cardinal de Rohan, a former French ambassador to the court of Vienna. The cardinal was regarded with displeasure by Queen Marie Antoinette for having spread rumors about the queen's behavior to her formidable mother... Holy Roman Empress Maria Theresa. The Queen had also learned of a letter in which the Cardinal spoke of Maria Theresa in a manner that the Queen found offensive. He was just expressing his love for her, that's all. The Cardinal was then trying to regain the Queen's favor to become one of the King's ministers. Jeanne de Lamotte, having entered court utilizing a lover named Retau Villette, persuaded Rohan that she had been received by the queen and enjoyed her favor. On hearing of that, Rohan resolved to use Jeanne to regain the queen's goodwill. Jeanne assured the cardinal that she was making efforts on his behalf. Okay, this began an alleged correspondence between Rohan and the queen. And all of these letters were forged. So, folks, I won't go any further into detail. It's a story unto itself. That uh, guess guess about all uh, talk about fake news regarding Donald Trump. His whole four-year tenure as president was besieged by all this fake news. You know that he was a, a Russian operative when it was Hillary who was taking money from Russia, right? In the uranium mine in Utah, it's 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 incredible stuff. So history never changes. There's always Jews working behind the scenes to tarnish the reputation of our leaders. And they use that, that uh, fake news to destroy us. Over to you. And that, as you said, that's why to uh, your enemy of the thing you do yourself. That is their, what I say, chutzpah. It's right. very, this, they're all accusing us of the stuff they are doing. And then also comment, I think, this on in France, I mean, you had this this grand Freemason, this Duke de Orleans. I guess yes. I think it was him that had a, a very a, a house of uh, where they have all those uh, very maybe rich, famous people there, and then they they tricked them to do stuff that was not morally good. And I think they had they made like an, an they tried to make an affair that was an I guess it was a whore that was uh, clothed like Marie Antoinette, and then was having okay. an affair with someone there. They tried. They, oh man! Uh, they tried everything, 
and this was part of their their L in fame, they had this this word, this 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 campaign when they go against someone. This in fame, uh, this uh, I, I I forgot the word now. How they yeah. uh, they smear people, trying to yes. get murdered, and she got ahead for this entrapment. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's always a popular conservative head of state or a person you know in in government that's conservative that gets this kind of treatment. It's never liberals that get this kind of, you know, why didn't, well, I don't know if you could tarnish Hillary Clinton's reputation, <laughs> even among, even among liberals, right? But uh, this kind of stuff never happens to uh, high powered left-wingers like Nancy Pelosi. You know, her daddy was a uh, drug lord connected with, uh, with, with Mexico and uh, mainstream media never exposed that. Right. But then they concocted all of these false accusations against Donald Trump. And then literally Joe Biden gets away with murder and, uh, and, uh, treason by involving himself with Ukraine and China and his son is even worse, right? And, uh, the mass media does absolutely nothing to expose it. So they finally charged his son Hunter with uh, about tax evasion, some, you know, some ridiculous charge and nothing about the laptop, nothing about taking money from Ukraine or China, nothing. All right. And that's, that's what happens when you have Jews in control. Yeah. Your comment before we get back to Henry Ford. And this, and this method of the method of destroying a man's character became known as this practice L in fame. That uh, was Ellis. started, I guess, in the, in the French revolution. Right. La infamy. Yeah. And they're, they're using it constantly. And, uh, it, 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 you have no, power against you know the press when it's so pervasive and everybody tends to believe rumors the first time they hear them without checking out well where's this rumor coming from right <laughs> and unfortunately people tend to believe these rumors yeah defamation yes thank you la infamy yeah that's uh, that's the uh catchword for that type of Fake journalism, yellow journalism, it used to be called also yellow journalism. All right, so let's get back to Henry Ford and the international Jew, and because uh, this, uh, the the thing that triggered me was in this paragraph. Let me just start by re- reiterating this paragraph, and then I'll turn it over to you. Uh, every this is on page ninety of the document, which uh, is in the chat room. Every influence that leads to lightness and looseness in Gentile youth today, or Goy youth, heads up in a Jewish source. Did the young people of the world devise the sport clothes which have had so deleterious an effect on the youth of the times that every publicist has thought it worthy to mention? Those styles come out of Jewish clothing concerns, where certainly art... Now, we're talking 1920, folks, and this is right after the World War I... And this is the flapper era where, uh, you know, the, well, it wasn't the bikini. Uh, I guess when people went to the beach, they wore, uh, kind of like pajamas, you know, that, that pretty much covered your whole body. And then they had shorts. They introduced shorts and then sleeveless, uh, uh, bathing suits, et cetera, et cetera. And they, they got skimpier and skimpier as time went on. And so we're talking 1920s clothing styles here. Those styles come out of Jewish clothing concerns where certainly art is not to rule, <laughs> nor moral influence the main consideration. 
The moving picture is an interesting development of photography allied with the show business. But who is, whose is the responsibility for its development along such lines as make it a menace to the minds of millions, so serious a menace that it has not escaped observation and condemnation everywhere? Well, yeah, we all know about how the Jews uh, you know, stole the uh, motion picture machine developed by, not who was the other inventor, uh, Henry Ford and uh, uh, the guy who, who developed the... Uh, I don't know if he developed the phonograph. I think that was somebody else. But the moving picture. Not Edison. Uh, Edison. Thomas Edison. Yeah. Edison invented the moving picture uh, machine, right? And uh, the Jews stole it, and they went to Hollywood, to California, because there was no legal extradition treaty between New Jersey and California. So the Jews were able to steal that invention and make billions, trillions off that invention without Henry uh, Thomas Edison getting a dime from them, right? That's the kind of thing the Jews do, okay? So who are the masters of musical jazz in the world? Who direct all the cheap jewelry houses? Okay, here we, now we're talking about jewelry. The Bridgehead Show Parks, the Coney Islands, the centers of nervous thrills and looseness. It is possible to take the showy young man and woman of trivial outlook and loose sense of responsibility and tag them outwardly and inwardly from their clothing and ornaments. Do you think we can do that today? With their nose rings and tattoos? Exactly. <laughs> the sense of responsibility. This was said then in the 20th. How would he see it today? 100 years later, he would have, they would, they turn in their grace what they see today. Right. Okay. Uh, okay. Your sound is a bit scratchy. Uh, let me ask the people in the chat room if, uh, if it, if we should proceed or we maybe uh, re, you know, uh, reset on Skype. But, uh, if uh, I can understand what you're saying, but it's just scratchy. There's uh, there's some kind of interference in the signal. But uh, let me continue okay. and finish this, and then you know let people uh, g- uh, give their opinion on whether we should continue. As a, uh, it seems when you start talking, it's a little scratchy, but then it clears it clears up as you keep talking. But here we go, and so and tag them outwardly and inwardly from their clothing and ornaments to their hectic ideas and hopes. With the same tag, quote, made, introduced, and exploited by a Jew, unquote. There is, therefore, something most sinister in the light which events cast upon that paragraph, uh, which was quoted earlier from the Protocols. We have misled, stupefied, and demoralized the youth of the Goyim by means of education and principles and theories patently false to us, but which we have inspired, unquote. Yeah, the world is Jewish theater. Okay, over to you, Michael. Okay, so um, everybody then hears me okay. I, th- yeah, I think, I think so. In the chat room, the chat is okay. So okay, very good. Then, and I, you finish off with made, introduced, and exploited by a Jew. That was the last phrase. Right. Phrase you read. Um, Okay, then I continue. So, there is, therefore, something most sinister in the light which events cast upon that paragraph. Quote, we have misled, stupefied, and demoralized the youth of the Gentiles by means of education in principles and theories, patiently forced to us, but 
which we have inspired. And of course, so it's like the uh, fake necklace all over. We create fake news constantly, and the goyim believe it. It's it's so easy to to fool the goyim, uh, unbelievably easy. So, uh, but this is the reality of the world, and uh, educating people to understand that the Jews are nothing but fakes themselves, and everything they do is fake, is a major task. But uh, slowly but surely, people are waking up. Uh, Michael, I tell you, the real uh, evidence that people are waking up is contained in the comments sections of various websites, you know, that has anything to do with modern politics, economics, or even the Jews. The people in the comments section are Jew savvy, right? So that's evident, more evidence that more people are awake to the Jewish question than uh, it meets the eye. Okay, back to you. Yeah, and I guess that is also why they are posting comments on on pages and on the politics side because yeah, they it would be obvious if uh, they don't want us, uh, they want don't want for more to be exposed of it. But yeah, yeah, uh, they, that's yeah, that's why they yeah. yeah they set up these so-called fact-checking websites that immediately you know uh, uh, condemn any anti-Jewish statement on the web. Right? No, that never happened. Uh, no, and of course, these fact-checking sites are run by Jews. All right. Okay, please continue. Okay, thank you. So, quote, principle and theories, and no quote, do not necessarily imply lofty or even modest intellectual qualities. <laughs> the youngster who uh, spends his non noon hours and evenings at the movies is getting his principle and theorist, just as more intellectual youngster from a higher grade of society who listens to a Jewish liberal expound sex liberty and the control of population is getting his. The looseness which inherits in these principles and theories does not emanate from the Gentile home or the Gentile church or from any line of uh, money making, which is filled principality with Gentiles, well, but not, from theorists, yeah, but movement. Not, not true anymore today. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, now it's emanating from everywhere, including the churches. You know, with their transgenderism, their uh, acceptance of homosexuality, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it's basically, the Judeo-Christian churches today are as liberal as uh, you know, some of the worst liberal organizations. Back to you. Yes, fully agree. Same here in Sweden. They are mm -hmm. embracing it and it's so disgusting. Yes. Um, but from theories, movements and lines of money, making mostly uh, fancy by Jews, this line of accusation could be run much deeper, but it is um, preferred to restrict it to what is observable by decent eyes everywhere. And I just, I can I just I'm just thinking and fathom when they say looseness in, in yeah. 100 years ago, what could that have been compared to today? They would yeah. call it, yeah, today it's like horror movie. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, anything goes, really. I mean, uh, just recently in Chicago, there was another black demonstration where they just ran out onto the streets, jumped on people's cars, you know, on their hoods and on their roofs. And I don't know how much if they attacked anybody, but I saw the video it's uh, it's time to get out of Chicago. It's time to get out of the big cities, folks. And you know, don't waste any time. Get out. 
because the blacks are taking over. Chicago will be just like Detroit very soon. Okay. All right. Okay, I'll continue. So, and that, quote, the youth of the Gentiles, end of quote, are the principal victims and not the youth of the Jews, is also observable. While a certain percentage of Jewish youth itself is overcome by this social poison, the uh, percentage is almost nothing compared with the results among the youth of the Gentiles. It is a significant fact that Jews who link this process of uh, enervating of Gentiles with large profits are not themselves, nor are their sons and daughters the victims of this uh, enervation. Jewish youth come through more proudly and more uh, cleanly than the mass of Gentile youth. Yes. Yeah. yeah because uh, they're in on the game. You know, they know, uh, although it happens occasionally that a, a, a Jew will become a drug addict and uh, succumb to the various vices that his parents promote, right? Uh, but by and large, they don't. Uh, well, well, even look, Hunter Biden. Uh, the Bidens are not a Jewish family. But uh, you know, the Jews themselves go to great lengths to avoid the very uh, contamination of society that they create. You know, they're already contaminated, but they're contaminated in terms of cunning, not getting involved in the, you know, especially the drug world, where the, you know rabbis will promote the drugs, uh, Jewish-owned drug companies will promote drugs and get people hooked. Like the fentanyl scandal, you know, the opioid scandal, et cetera, et cetera. But the Jews know that the Jewish families always instruct their children, don't get involved in this because this is our game against the Goyim. All right. So don't, don't join the other side. And, uh, by and large, that's, that remains true as William Cameron here is saying very correctly. Okay. Please continue. Yeah. Uh, Many a father and mother, many a sound-minded, uncorrupted young person, and thousands of teachers and publicists have cried out against luxury. Many a financier, observing the manner in which the people earned and flung away their money, has warned against luxury. Many an economist, knowing that the non-essential industries were consuming men and materials that were necessary to the stabilization of essential industries, knowing that men are making uh, knickknacks who should be making steel, knowing... <laughs> that, yeah, Jewish uh, knickknacks, no, right? <laughs> That's funny. I don't, I don't really know what that is. A knickknack is just a... Yeah, you know, throwaway stuff, you know, like uh, plastic ornaments on your coffee table, <laughs> yeah, stuff like uh -huh. that, right? Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. They make non-essential products instead of the essential ones. Right. Knowing that men are enraged in making a Jew goss who should be working on the farm, that materials are going into articles that are made only to sell and never to use, and that materials are thus diverted from the industries that support the people's life. Every observer knowing this crazy instance on lux luxurious non-essential has lifted up a strong voice against it. Okay, now here, uh, uh, because the historical setting is the Roaring Twenties, which we're just getting started, right? <laughs> and uh, right after World War One, and the Federal Reserve had already been created, and the Federal Reserve was spending money like crazy 
to uh, increase prices in the stock market, right? And this also drove the excess, what he, he refers to as luxury, which we today would call excess, certainly excess beyond anybody's dreams. But when you have easy money and money is easily borrowed at low interest rates, People will borrow and they will spend money on ridiculous stuff. And then when the rug is pulled out from under them, they find out that they're bankrupted. And that makes society even worse. So we, this begins this cycle of destruction of the culture by the bankers. Okay. And we're, we're really at the end of that cycle. Can't last much longer. Back to you. Yes. So, but according to the, these protocols, we have been uh, starting at the wrong end. The people, it is true, buy these senseless non-essentials, which are called luxuries, but the people do not devise them, and the people grow tired of them one by one. But the stream of varieties continues, always something else being thrust at the people, dangling before their eyes, set bobbing down the avenue on enough man uh, mannequins. mannequins, right? As, as store dummies, as store window dummies. Uh-huh. Uh huh. To give the impressions that it is style, newspaper print and newspaper pictures, movie pictures, stage um, consumes enough to force the new things into fashion uh, with a kind of force and compulsion, which no really worth essential thing can command. That's the power of advertising, which the Jews also control, the advertising industry. Now, was it also true, Eli, before advertising came into pictures, was it something that uh, was regarded as something very negative for a Christian to have advertising? That the advertising he did was his name, his reputation was his advertiser. He didn't need to have any, any firm that advertised him because that was like a disgrace, right? Right, yeah, well... Uh... I think uh, lawyers just recently, you know, in the last decade or so, maybe 20 years, uh, did not advertise publicly. But basically, advertising in the Middle Ages, you hung out your shield, you know, a sign, your butcher, baker, uh, metalsmith, whatever, right? And then uh, people saw your sign. If they needed your services, they would come by. But newspapers changed that tr tremendously because the Jews controlled the newspaper industry and advertising became the rage, right? For some reason, lawyers, uh, maybe it's because established lawyers didn't want new lawyers competing with them. There was this rule. I don't think it was a, a, you know, a, a formal rule, but unwritten rule that uh, you don't advertise your legal services, yeah, they probably wanted you to join an established law firm, something like that, right? But uh, I think the lawyers were the last ones to actually, uh, you know, use major advertising for their business. Back to you. Oh. Mm -hmm. Okay. Where does it come from? What power exists whose long experience and deliberate intent enable it to um, frivolize the people's minds and taste and compel them to pay most of their money? For it to <laughs> right. Why yeah. this spasm of luxury and extravagance through which we have just passed? How did it occur that before luxury and extravagance were apparent, all the material to provoke and inflame them had been prepared beforehand and shipped beforehand, ready for the stamped, which also had been prepared? Yeah, not to mention opium. 
right? <laughs> and cocaine, right? Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola used to have real cocaine in it. Yeah. Yeah. And how is do they still have it or is it something? No, no, no. It's, it's since been removed. The sugar is bad enough. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Yeah. If the people of the United States would stop to consider when the useless uh, and expensive thing is offered them, if they would trace its origin, trace the course of the enormous profit made out of it, trace the whole movement to flood the market with uselessness and extravagance and thus demoralize the Gentile public financially, intellectually and uh, socially. If, in short, it could be made clear to them that Jewish financial interests are not only uh, pandering to the loosest elements in human nature, but actually engaged in a calculated effort to render them loose in the first place and keep them loose. It would do more than anything else to stop this uh, sixfold waste, uh, the waste of materials, the waste of labor, the waste of gentle money, the waste of gentle mind, the waste of Jewish talent, and the wa- worse than uh, the waste of Israel's real usefulness to the world. Okay, so here he still confuses the Jews with Israel. And I'm sure uh, in later times he uh, was disabused of that false belief, okay, but it's still contained in the international Jew. But at the same time, and I don't know if Henry Ford and William Cameron were aware of what was going on in Germany in the Weimar Republic, you know, after World War One, I, I mean, if you, you want to talk about looseness, <laughs> right? The totally, totally debauching the society in Germany with funny money, the highest uh, inflation rate ever in history up to that point in time, and of course uh, the Jewish control of entertainment and newspapers in Germany was a hundred times worse, a hundred times worse than it was in America. And uh, so the Jews brought Hitler upon themselves for what they did in Germany. No doubt about it, folks. Back to you, Michael. Yeah, they are the author of their own uh, their That's own right. demise. Yeah, there's a new Hitler coming. His name is Yahshua Messiah. Just wait. <laughs> Just wait, folks. Okay. And he is a bit more, maybe a bit more hard than the than the one that came up in Germany. Yeah, I see you just put a notice here. Coca-Cola produces two billion of cocaine. Is this in modern times? I think it was. It was an article I have read. That's why I thought, uh, did they really uh, remove the cocaine? Yeah. Uh, well, maybe they're well, – uh, uh, I'll just read the headline. Thank you for sending this. Coca-Cola produces as much as two billion of pure cocaine every year in a secretive New Jersey factory. All thanks to its iconic recipe and a very special arrangement with the DEA. Are they still putting cocaine in Coca-Cola, folks? Wow. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. okay. You know, uh, we say the Gentile public is the victim of this um, stimulated trade in useless luxuries. Did you ever see Jewish people so victimized? <laughs> might wear no spoke clothing. But its price and its quality agree. They might wear rather large diamonds, but yeah, right. <laughs> they are diamonds. Uh, yeah, the Jew is the not Jew. the victim of the Jew. The craze for lux- luxuries is just like the 
Coney Islands crowd to him. He knows what attracts them and the worthlessness of it. Uh, and mm -hmm. it is not so much the financial loss that is to be mourned, nor yet the atrocities com committed upon good chaste, but the fact that the silly Gentile crowds walk into the net willingly, even uh, gaily uh, supposing the change of the fashion to be uh, inevitable as the coming of spring, uh, supposing right. the new demand on their earnings to be as necessary and as natural as taxes. The crowds think <laughs> that somehow they have part in it when their only part is to pay and then pay again for the yes. new extravagance when the present uh, one pulls. There are men in this country who knows two years ahead what the um, free, um, free volatiles and extravagance of the people will be because yes. they decree what they shall be. These things are strictly businesses, demoralizing to the Gentile majority, enriching to the Jewish minority. Yes, and the more we spend on trinkets and knickknacks and jujaws, whatever that means, I never saw that expression before, the, the less money we have to invest in and become resourceful and prosperous, right? We throw our money away on knickknacks. And, uh, of course, oh, the music industry, you know, how, how the Jews took control of the music industry early on. Uh, first of all, they promoted black music in the 1950s. And then when rock and roll came out, they were quick to take advantage of the, you know, a demand for rock and roll. Uh, the, the Jews have a, what do you call it? A songwriting industry in New York City, like Carol King and, and others, a bunch of Jewish songwriters who crank out songs and then they give these songs to Goy performers to, uh, you know, fill our minds with useless rot, <laughs> right? And, and first, uh, promote cultural degradation through race mixing and other things. So it just goes on and on. Every new, fad that comes along the Jew either invents or exploits back to you yes okay so look at the sixth protocol for a sidelight on all this uh, this is ex um, excerpt from the longer passage dealing with the uh, plans by which the people interests could be swung from political to industrial uh, questions how industry could be made insecure and unfair by the introduction of uh, speculations into the management and yes. finally how against this conditions the people could be rendered restless and helpless luxury was to be the instrument yes Quote. so i'm wondering when the word fad became a slang you know for luxury or, or new things that useless new stuff <laughs> right i'm just curious so please continue i'll look that up in the meantime um, to destroy yeah. gentle industry, we shall, as an incentive in this speculation, encourage among the Gentiles a strong demand for luxury, all enticing luxuries, and both quote. Amen. Useless junk. Yes. Yeah. And in the first protocol, quote, surely we cannot allow our own people to come to this. The people of the Gentiles are stupefied with uh, spurious liquors. End of quote. 
Uh-huh. Okay, real quickly here. Um, etymology of the word fad it goes back to 1834. A hobby or pet project adjective fatty is from 1824 of uncertain origin, perhaps shortened from fiddle-faddle, which is junk, <laughs> right? Fiddle-faddle, or perhaps the French fadets, trifle nonsense. Back to you. Yes, that's exact nonsense. Yes, yes, put yeah, some, some right. glamour on it, something that it shines. I mean, it does, as, as you used to say, I mean, in, in, if you put, uh, what do you say, lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's an attractive pig to someone who doesn't know what pig really is. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah. how easily we are manipulated. It's her- it's terrible. It is. Right. It's, <laughs> incidentally, the profits of spirituous liquid flow in large amounts to Jewish pockets. The history of the whiskey ring in this country will show this. Historically, the whole prohibition movement may be described as a contest between Gentile and Jewish capital. And yeah. in this instance, thanks to the Gentile majority, the Gentile won. The amusement, gambling, jazz songs, scarlet fiction, sideshow, sheep, their fashions, uh, flashy jewelry, and every other activity that lived by reason of an invincible pressure upon the people and that exchanged the most useless of commodities <laughs> for their prices that would just exhaust the people's money, surplus, and no more. Every such activity has been under the mastery of the Jews. Amen. I mean, Richard, I mean, William Cameron really knows the Jews probably better than anybody in history before Wesley Swift and uh, Bertrand Compare, right? But uh, his assessment of the 16th Amendment, I think that's the uh, one uh, that, that changed, made the uh, prohibition of liquor, established that. However, it didn't work out that way because that, ho- that whole thing was a plot to put the Goy liquor industry out of business, including the farmers that produce their own alcohol to run their tractors on their own farms, okay, and switch from alcohol to Rockefeller oil. That whole thing, it took several years for that to work out, but that's what really was going on. Uh, William Cameron could not have known about that. Back to you. No. Uh... They may not be conscious of their participations in any wholesale demoralization of the people. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Uh, okay. They may only be conscious of easy money. They may sometimes yield uh, to surprise as they contrast the silly Gentiles with their own money-wise and fabric-wise and mental-wise Jews. But however this may be, there is the conception of a program by which a people may be deliberately devastated materially and spiritually, and yet kept pleasant all the time. <laughs> so, drugged, right? There. <laughs> Pacified, yeah. Yeah, well, that could be yeah, those, uh, those, those drugs and then other fine kind of drugs that people don't view as drugs. Yeah. Example, modern dating apps is a, is a drug for the younger. Yeah, so there you go. A, yeah. And that yeah. kills them. That, that will ruin them. They will not be able to have any family. That's also an assault against the yeah. families. Yeah, yeah. Well, as I explained, I think, I don't, I don't know if it was the last week's show, uh, when I was growing up in Chicago in the 60s, 
the German community was very tight knit and uh, we went to weddings and funerals and uh, German festivals constantly. And that's how we you know, young people got to know each other by dancing. We we're going to dances and, and uh, you know, having dinner together with the family, extended family thing. Right. And then uh, we had matchmakers, right? There were matchmakers. They say, oh, this boy looks, uh, he might be a good fit for that girl. Let's introduce them. Or if they, they saw one, a boy eyeing a, a girl, right? One of these matchmakers would notice that and they would uh, smooth the, uh, the uh, introduction by, by introducing them to each other, right? So we're saving the boy the trouble of having to overcome his anxiety and shyness you know, by you know, asking the girl to dance, for example, right? So that's the way it worked in the German community, and that's the way it should work, right, with the extended family involved. But we don't have extended families anymore. The no, Jews have destroyed don't. that as well, okay? Yeah, they have, and that's this, this looseness that is created. And, and um, the one that does this, for example, I think the women is more, is more hurt by it because yes. they will... They will much more hurt of it, and then they keep on going. This, uh, let's say, roller coaster. Always have something new. Always f- looking for someone new and trying to find their, I don't know, prince or whatever. But then they end up in their forties, have maybe have a good career, maybe, but they don't have any children and they are miserable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like the feminists who bought the lie that you can, you know, take care of your family and have a. A thriving business career at the same time, right? Well, one of them has to suffer. You wind up having your children raised at a, a child uh, daycare center, right? And they don't even recognize mommy and daddy when they pick them up <laughs> after school, right? It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. All right, back to you. Um, yes. Okay. And there also is the same program translated into terms of daily transactions and for the most part, perhaps altogether on the control of the member of one race. Mm-hmm. And this was the Dearborn Independent issue of 17th of August 1920. It's over 100 years ago that they pointed out looseness. I mean, today, wow. Yeah, there's no comparison. Right. Absolutely no comparison. Uh, no one could have imagined, well, even in the 1950s, how uh, loose the society would get morally, right, and sexually. Uh, so no one could have imagined. Because I remember growing up in Chicago, it was really forbidden. Race mixing was forbidden. The only white women who would engage in that were, were those who were drug addicts who would go down to the south side and get their drugs from blacks, and they probably had to pay with more than money, right? Yeah. Yes. So this was this. Let's maybe hope it should be continue now with the new, the next chapter. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, uh, what's the? Oh, hold on. I uh, I jumped the gun here. I went too far. Uh, let me see if I can scroll back up to the top. Uh, I jumped several pages too far for some reason. Uh, okay. So so this is. The Jewish plan to split society by ideas. Okay, so this is still uh, this is still part of the protocol. Yeah, he's still talking about the protocols here. So let me take the first couple of paragraphs. So time we it's eight seventeen. The method by which the protocols work for the breakdown of society should now be fairly evident to readers of these articles. 
An understanding of the method is necessary if one is to find the meaning of the currents and cross-currents which make so hopeless a hodgepodge of the present times. Now, you can understand why the Jews hate this book so much, because it just lays it all out. I mean, the Jewish question is completely explained by Henry Ford and William Cameron in this book. I mean, it doesn't get any clearer. It just it needs to be updated a little bit, but not much. Okay, well, let's continue. People who are confused and discouraged by the various voices and discordant theories of today, each seeming to be plausible and promising, may, oh, environmentalism, <laughs> right, may find a clear clue to the value of the voices in the meaning of the theories if they understand their confusion and discouragement comprise the very objective which is sought. The uncertainty, hesitation, hopelessness, fear, the eagerness, yeah, with the, the, what do they call it? The, the X generation, the Z generation, you know, the, the young people who are brought up on nonsense and hopelessness, fear and loathing, right? That's what they're brought up on. The optimism of America has been totally wiped out by the Jew. The eagerness with which every promising plan and offered solution is grasped. These are the very reactions which the program outlined in the protocols aims to produce. The condition is proof of the efficacy of the program. Its method that makes, that takes time and the protocols declare that it has taken time, indeed centuries, indeed two millennia. Students of the matter find the identical program of the protocols announced and operated by the Jewish race from the first century onward. At least he talks of, speaks of them as Jews here, not as Israel. It has taken 1,900 years to... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, please. Um, this, it feels like this process they have has been turned up. It goes faster now. All the craziness yeah. has been, I don't know if it's because of that the mor morality is just sinking so low that um, I just feel that they have, this yes. speed has ramped up. Yes, yes. But it has sped up to the point where society, white society, is finally beginning to push back and not taking it anymore. You know, the, the, I think the end is uh, apparent when uh, outlet, uh, you know, like, uh, what is the, uh, big retail outlets like Target, when they started branding trans transgender baby clothes right and uh, bud light tried to market fag fag light and things like that uh, i mean white society has simply had enough okay it's getting harder and harder to push these new fads upon people and now the jews are scrambling well how do we keep control we because we have to keep pushing these new fads to keep control of the goyim Right, but now the goyim are starting to. Hey, wait a minute! What's going on here? Who's pushing all this stuff? And when they start asking who it is, maybe they'll start getting interested in the Jewish question. All right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, back to I you. Think of, yeah, uh, yeah. Like, I think also when they start to going after our children with this transgender and this pedophile, oh. then I think that is the, it's kind of the the nail in the coffin. That that I think makes so many people angry. Right, yeah, and Mr. Kim Smith talks about a daycare center where a Negro woman throws white babies around like a football. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, that's happened many times. Uh, I've seen videos of uh, black babysitters really badly mistreating white babies. 
you know, they caught it on a, a hidden, hidden camera. So yeah, if you, if you hire a babysitter, you better have a hidden camera <laughs> somewhere. Okay. All right. So, uh, let's see. Where yeah, were we? Over me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, it has taken 1900 years to bring Europe to its present degree of subjugation, violent subjugation in some countries, political subjugations in some, economic subjugation in all. But in America, the same program with almost the same degree of success has required about 50 years. Certain mistakes, ideas of liberalism, certain flabby ideas of tolerance, all of them originating at European sources, which the protocolists had completely polluted, were transported to America. And here, under cover of the blindness and innocence of a false liberalism and tolerance, Together with modern uh, appliance for the swift acceleration of opinion, there has been working a subjugation of our institutions and public uh, thought, which is the amazement of European observers. It is a fact that some of the important students of the Jewish question, whom Jewish publicists are pleased to damn with the term anti-Semitism, have been awakened to the existence of the uh, questions, not by what they have observed in Europe, but by what they have seen in the swift and dis district close-up that has been af afforded in American affairs. Yeah, and this is uh, during the heyday of radio. Television is yet to come. Uh, obviously, every new development, whether it's a fad or a scientific development, the Jews are quick to jump on it, exploit it, and, and use it for their own sinister purposes. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, is it? Yeah, uh, the center of Jewish power, the principal sponsors of the Jewish program, are resident in America, and the leverage uh, which uh, was used at the peace conference to foster Jewish power more circular upon Europe was American leverage exercised at the behest of the strongest, uh, strong Jewish pressure, which was brought from the United States for that purposes. And these activities did not end with the peace conference. The whole method of the protocols may be described in one word, disintegration. <laughs> the undoing, yeah, disintegration of our constitutional uh, government right. and our way yeah. of life. And they promote racial in in integration for societal disintegration. Right, They know exactly what they're yeah. doing. Right. The undoing of what has been done, the creation of a long and hopeless uh, interim in which attempt at reconstruction shall be baffled, and the gradual wearing down of public opinion and public confidence until those who stand outside the created chaos shall insert their strong, calm hand to seize control. That is the whole method of pr uh, producer. Right. Well, if we had strong leaders, you know, that could happen, but not under, you know, not under people like Biden, you know, or any of the last six or seven presidents, right? <laughs> no way. Okay. Uh, putting together the estimate of human nature, which uh, obtains in these protocols and their claims to the rather definite uh, uh, thought as yet incomplete fulfillment of the world program, these two uh, compromising the uh, themes of the previous two articles. Some of the aspects of this propaganda of disintegration have become clear. 
but not all of them. There are yet another aspect of these methods which will uh, be dealt with in their present article, and there are yet further re uh, reaches uh, of the program which will be considered later. Yeah, future, future reaches. Yeah, uh, future. Yeah, yeah. He's, well, Cameron has a really good insight. Once you know how the Jews operate, you can predict what they're going to do next. Okay. All right. Yeah. Please continue. It is. Yeah. Yeah, because they never change their tactics. You no, know, it's kind it's of always, not to see. Yeah. I mean, now yeah. soon people probably, I mean, look now how they are clothing themselves on the beaches. It's barely nothing on their body. Soon right. they'll be yeah. playing naked. Yeah. You remember the hula hoop in the 1950s? Was that a fad in Sweden? I don't know. I wasn't born then. <laughs> so talk about a useless invention. <laughs> right? But it was fun for kids. You don't see it anymore, right? It was just a fad. Yeah, but I don't. I think I don't know what it was because I, I wasn't even born, so I don't know. Maybe yeah. my parents know what it is. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe they had one. <laughs> yeah. All right. The first point of attack is collective opinion. That body of ideas which thought men's agreement with them holds large groups together in the political, racial, religious, and social unity. Sometimes we call them standards. Sometimes we call them ideals. Uh, whatever they may be called, they are the invincible bonds of unity. They are the common faith. They are the great overreaching reasons for group unity and loyal. Yeah, collective opinion, that feels something that the youth control. Yes. Amen. So they, they try to foster that to, to be this, uh, this collective, uh, what, yeah, what society thinks is good and their yeah, social norms and all this. Yeah, I think you uh, jumped. I think, oh no, okay, you're getting to it now, sorry. Please continue. The protocol assert that here the first attack has been made. The history of Jewish propaganda in the world shows that also. The first wave of attack is to corrupt collective opinion. Now, to corrupt in the real sense does not mean anything unsavory or unclean. The whole power of every heresy is its attractiveness to the good mind. The whole explanation of the stronghold which untruth has gained upon the world of our day is that the untruth is reasonable, inspiring, and, and apparently good. It is only after a long discipline in false ideals which are reasonable, inspiring, and good uh, that the evil fruits appear in acts and conditions which are unreasonable, destructive, and wholly evil. If you will trace the idea of liberty, as it has appeared in Russian history, from its philosophical beginning, a Jewish beginning, by the way, uh, to its present ending, a Jewish ending also, you will see the process. Uh, yeah, he's obviously referring to the, uh, excuse me, sorry. He was obviously referring to the Bolshevik Revolution. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And today, I guess in America, I mean, the Bolshevik, I guess, is the Mensheviks maybe is the one that had your government under control. Yes, yeah, the Mensheviks were the, well, the liberals. They were the liberals. Uh, Bolshevism, uh, hardcore communism is always preceded by liberalism and socialism, right? It's a gradual progression controlled by the Jew. Yeah, exactly. And that Menshevism was the, was the regime the that Lenin later overthrew. Yes. Uh, 
The protos claim that the Jantas are not thinkers, that attractive ideas have been thrown at them so strategically and persistently, that the power of thought is almost destroyed out of them. Fortunately, this is a matter on, on which any Gentile may apply his own test, if he will uh, segregate his ruling ideas, especially those that center around the thought of democracy. He will discover that he is being ruled in his mind by a whole company of ideas, into whose authority over him he has no inquiry at all. He is ruled by say-so, whose origin he has not traced. And when pursuing those ideas, he finds that they are not practical. Um, mm -hmm. practical. He is receiving by the explanation that, quote, we are not yet sufficiently advanced, and no quote. <laughs> yet, when he does see men who are sufficiently advanced to put these very ideas into operation, he recoils from what he sees them do, because he knows that, quote, advancements, and no quote, such as the deteriorations, a form of disintegration, yet every one of the ideas were good, reasonable, inspiring, humane to begin with. And if this gentleman will observe a little further, he will see that they are the most persistently preached ideas in the world. He will also see who the preachers are. Yeah, right. Jews. Yeah, amen. Well, uh, uh, let me take a quick look in the chat room here. Yeah, Nimble Horse put a link in the chat room uh, about uh, a similar subject, The Hidden Tyranny by Harold Wallace Rosenthal. Let me just open up real quick a couple of quotations here. And Rosenthal was the aide to a major Jewish legislator in America in the 1960s. And here's what he has to say. Christian stupidity in receiving our teachings and propagating them as their own. Many of our rabbis now hold professorships in supposed Christian theological seminaries. We are amazed by the Christian stupidity in receiving our teachings and propagating them as their own. Uh, next heading, I think this is an insertion by Daryl Bradford Smith. The lie that we are the chosen people and they the Gentiles. Judaism is not only the teaching of the synagogue, but also the doctrine of every so-called Christian church in America. Through our propaganda, the church has become our most avid supporter. All right, no lie there. This has even given us a special place in society. They're believing the lie that we are the chosen people and they Gentiles. All wars have been white fighting white in order that we maintain our control. These deluded children of the church defend us to the point of destroying their own culture. This truth is evident even to the dullard when one views history and sees that all wars have been white fighting white in order that we may maintain our control. We controlled England during the Revolutionary War, the North during the Civil War, and also the South, and England and America during World War I and World War II to involve the ignorant white Christians in war against themselves. Uh, thank you, Nibble Horsker, because this, this document is totally backs up what we're reading from, from Henry Ford. Back to you, Michael. And wasn't it also um, Rosenthal? He, wasn't he also murdered for what yeah. he said? Yes, for publishing this information. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He, and didn't yeah. he he said that many Jews don't like to admit it, but we Jews worship Satan. Yes, right. That's what he said, right? He, he said too much. He said yeah, too he much. Did. He, he, yeah, he did. 
And uh, okay. so it's just true for, you know, uh, well, the Jews have assassinated all of our leaders, okay, from, uh, they didn't, ass- weren't able to assassinate our leaders in the uh, Revolutionary War and the War of 1812, but from the Civil War on, the Jews have been responsible for assassinating every political leader that has been assassinated in America, every last one of them. So that's been their tactic ever since, Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Right. And then, oh, and yeah. the point that sorry, the point that I meant to make is they will assassinate their own if they have to as well. Okay, All right. There you go. Yeah, because they argue argue among themselves. Also, they they're yes. not they're not really always in 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 line with each other. Yeah. Loose lips sink Yiddish ships. I guess. <laughs> so you you dumbbell, you revealed too much. Shut your mouth. So they shut it up for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they did. He he spoiled the beans. Yeah, he's okay, in hell as we speak, <laughs> waiting for the judgment yeah, yeah, day. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, so the Prokos distinctly declared that it is by means of the set of indiv- uh, ideals which cluster around democracy that their first victory over public opinion was obtained. The idea is the weapon. And to be a weapon, it must be an idea at variance with the natural trend of life. It must indeed be a theory opposed to the fact of life. And no theory so opposed can be expected to take root and become the ruling factor unless it appeals to the mind as reasonable, inspiring and good. The truth frequently seems unreasonable. The truth frequently is depressing. The truth sometimes seems to be evil, but it has uh, this eternal uh, advantage. It is the truth. And what is built therein neither brings nor yields to confusion. Yeah, well, yeah, you, you could take a great idea like the Bible and let the ministers of Judeo-Christianity turn it into nothing but confusion, right? So uh, I think the Jews started – well, actually, the, the Christian theologians – they have invented doctrines that never existed in scripture, you know, such as the rapture. So you don't always have to have Jews to create confusion. Our people are good enough at doing that themselves, especially our Judeo-Christian ministers. Yeah. Yeah. And as I said, it's like a self-playing piano. Uh, after yeah. they put in this, <laughs> this uh, right. liberty, this freedom, and then they can't handle freedom. Yeah. 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 But here again, you know, even the, the 501c3, law that was created by LBJ, the churches jumped on that like a pogo stick, right? And they've been jumping uh, all over the country on that, you know, that uh, that money, that tax-free money that, uh, you know, that, that uh, legislation offers them. But with a catch, namely, you have to obey IRS rules, which forbid you to criticize homosexuals, forbid you to criticize Jews, etc., etc. Okay. LBJ was the, in my opinion, the rottenest, the absolute worst president we ever had. He was totally a Jew puppet. He came into the presidency, presidency by assassination. At least 17 people were murdered by his personal assassin to uh, get into the White House. And then he assassinated President Kennedy. Back to you. Weren't, but he was also a Jew, wasn't it? He was Jewish also. It, it's definitely part Jew. Yes, absolutely. 
Yeah, and a mobster. So. I don't know if his mother was Jewish or you know grandmother, some something like that. He was definitely part Jew. Yeah, and he was a total Zionist and communist his whole political career. Uh, he know in what direction he has to lick. Right, he was a member a member of one of the local clan organization, but that was just for show. You know, a lot of these politicians, because he was in the deep south in Texas, and so you know, he, he was probably a non-attending member, but they accuse him of being a Klansman. No, he was a Jew. He was a Jew puppet his whole life long. Uh, yeah. Okay, so the protocol distinctly declared that it is by means of the set of ideals which cluster around democracy that their first victory over public opinion was obtained. The idea is the weapon. Oh, I already read the story. Yeah. Uh, the first step does not give the control of public opinion, but leads up to it. It is worthy to note that it is the sowing of the poison of liberalism, as the protocols name it, which comes first in order in those documents. Then, following upon that, the protocols say, quote, to obtain control of public opinion, it is first necessary to confuse it, end of quote. Mm-hmm. And we see how that seed has followed today, this liberalism everywhere and in here in Europe. My yes. God. Mm-hmm. And we see how, for example, Sweden is succumbing to it because we have no foundation. 95% of Swedes are atheists. Yes. And you see. Amazing. You know, we are led. Yeah, we are led by the, by the way. We are... We we are embracing new technology always. You do all those digital currencies. No, Swedes would try it. They would do because for their, their convenience, they would not oppose it. That is so frightening with Swedes today. Mm-hmm. Very <laughs> few would do it. Very few because they are have no foundation. They have not the rock, the Bible in in them. So they they just do whatever they are told. And sorry for that little rambling, but that's... I feel yeah, like <laughs> Ramble <laughs> <And> on! <laughs> is, okay. Truth is one that cannot be confused. But this false, appealing liberalism, which has been sown broadcast, um, and which is ripening faster on the Jewish nature in America than ever it did in Europe, is mm-hmm. easily confused because it is not truth. It is error, and errors has a thousand forms. Take a nation, a party, a city, an association in which the poison of liberalism has been sown, and you can split that up into as many factions as there are individuals, simply by throwing among them certain modifications of the original idea. This is a a piece of strategy well known to the forces that um, invariably control mass thought. Theodor Herzl, the Jew, a man whose vision was wider than any statesman and whose program paralleled the, the protocols, knew this many years ago when he said that the Zionist crypt, uh, cryptic for Jewish state would come before the socialist state could come. He knew uh, with what endless divisions the liberalists which he and his predecessor had planned would be uh, shackled and uh, crippled. Mm-hmm. The process of which all Gentiles have been the victims, but never the Jews, never the Jews, is just this. Yes, yes. 
uh, let me interject here because this is a, a very a much germane to what we're talking about. Uh, a Soviet spy who uh, who defected and came to America to try to explain to the American people how we are being subverted, you know, by the Bolsheviks, you know, in Russia, Bezmenov. Okay, uh, he stated that uh, there's a four-stage process that uh, has to occur. And he says the KGB was not so much a spying organization, but merely a propaganda organization to try to change the minds of the American people along the lines of communism. Okay, so I'm just going to quote a brief. Uh, he says, his how it's a process of ideological subversion. What it basically means is to change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions in the interest of defending themselves, their families, their community, and their country, unquote. Isn't this right out of the pro- protocols that we're reading from? Oh, okay. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, let me, what, yeah. Go ahead. Wasn't this also this um, uh, CIA uh, yes. uh, director said? We know why this information program is complete when everything the American public believes is a lie. Is a lie. Is false. Yeah. And, and we're there, folks. We're there. One, one more paragraph from this article. It's really good. Besmanov described this process as a great brainwashing that has four basic stages. The first stage is demoralization, which takes from 15 to 20 years to achieve. According to the former KGB agent, that is the minimum number of years it takes to re-educate one generation of students that is normally exposed to the ideology of its country. In other words, the time it takes to change what the people are thinking. And he talks about the hippie generation, etc., etc. So, yeah, a, a very valuable article published by the Daily Mail, of all people. <laughs> all right, back to you. Okay. Yeah. Yes. First, to create an ideal of broad-mindedness, that is the f- phrase which appears in every Jewish uh, remonstrance against public motion mention of the Jew and his uh, alleged right. world program. Yes. Um, quote, we thought we were to broad-minded a man to express such thoughts, end of quote. Quote, uh, we thought Mr. So-and-so was too broad-minded a man to suspect the Jews of this, end of quote. Quote, we thought the d- daily... Uh, or weekly or monthly such and such a paper was too broad-minded editorially to consider such a material, end of quote. It is uh, a sort of keyword indicative of the state of mind in which it is desired that the gentiles be kept. It is uh, a state of flabby tolerance, a state of mind which mouths meaningless phrases about liberty, phrases which act as an opiate on the minds and consciousness and which allow all sorts of things to be done under under cover. The phrase and slogan is very dependable um, Jewish weapon. Quote, in all times people have accepted words for acts, end of quote, protocol five. The reality behind the phrase, um, phrases, the protocol frankly admit, to be non-existent. 
And this with a broad mindness, I don't know, I maybe I was I thought first that this could mean like if you identify the Jew, they will maybe they may but this is maybe wrong. They say, Oh, we thought that you are too broad minded, you wouldn't suspect right. the Jews doing it. That's why I thought this is a kind right. of uh, yeah. Well yeah. Well the Jews are uh encourage broad mindedness, which means anti Christianity, right? That's what they mean by it. But it's a slight to say, oh, well, you're a Christian. You, you really believe that Jesus uh, existed, right? I thought you were too broad-minded to think that, right? This is how they use the term broad-minded. You know? But uh, somebody made a, a really good comeback about that. He said, you shouldn't be so broad-minded that your brains fall out. And that's what has happened yeah. to too many people, right? Oh, yeah. That's mm-hmm. the... Okay. Uh, let's continue then. Uh, nothing has served uh, to create broad mindedness, a state of mind whose breath indicates its lack of depth. So much as the ideas of liberalness, which the Jews are constantly teaching to Gentiles and on which they never themselves act. And this is just a comment. Yeah, that is something also so typical in I mean, a Swedish society, in society. They don't want to go into the depth and stuff. They don't want to be deep. They only go very broad, very, very yeah. shallow. Trendy. Yeah, whatever's trendy, fashionable, faddish, right? Exactly what uh, he's been talking about here. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we need a new sort of uh, allegiance uh, to the reality of life, to the fact as they are, which uh, will enable us to stand uh, up under all uh, cajoling to broad mindedness and assert a new intolerance of everything but truth. The term narrow and broad. Uh, as they uh, are used today, represent lies. You want to make some comment? No, no. I mean, he's right on the money. That uh, it's words. Words are so important. How, and, how, but the Jews define the terms, and uh, the non-Jews pick them up, and uh, to their utter confusion. Yeah. Please continue. Yeah, they they are, and that's the problem that we play their word games. That's uh, that's right. We go into their traps. Uh, the rib- liberal man ought to believe more. He ought to be deep and wide in his beliefs in order to merit that name. But as usual things he believes, nothing. He is not liberal at all. When you seek belief, belief with a foundation, belief with uh, ritualology, you must seek it among men who are snared at. <laughs> <on> the- right. <laughs> yes. Under this false Jewish uh, propaganda notion of liberty as narrow men, Jewish propaganda in common with the protocols is against men who have dug down to the rock. They want broad-minded men uh, who can easily be shifted about um, the surface and thus serve the invincible sheen in any manner desired. This type of men uh, on their part never imagine. Uh, but that their broad-mindedness is a mark of their superiority and independence. That's typical liberalism, right? They're smarter than us because they're liberal, right? That's that's their attitude. They've been conditioned to have that attitude, and it's a horrible, really horrible thing. Oh yeah, it is. Hmm. But they are they are so they are so yeah. Oh, they're they arrogant. So- yeah. yeah. Now. Um, see what follows. Men are born believers. For a time, they may believe in broad-mindedness. And under the terrific pressure that has been set up, 
in his favor. They will openly expose it. But it is too shallow to satisfy any growing roots of life. They must believe deeply something. For proof of this, notice the undeniable strength of the negative belief which are held by men who fancy that they believe nothing. Therefore, some who are highly endowed with independence of spirit root down into those prohibited matters, um, which are some point touch Jewish concern. Yep. These are the narrow men. But others find it more uh, convenient to cultivate these departments, which promise a highway whereon uh, there shall be no clashes of vital opinion, no chance of the charge of intolerance. In short, they transfer all their uh, completive powers to the active life, even as it is written in the protocols. Quote, to divert Gentile thought and observation, interest must be uh, deflected to industry and commerce. End of yes. quote. Materialism. Yeah, that's slow destruction of Christianity. All right. Yeah, there's also the direct attacks against Christianity by the Jews, right? And by the atheists that they create. But uh, primarily materialism is a, you know, a very subtle and sinister way to get people out of the you know, mode of Christian thinking. Yeah, back to you. Yeah, atheistic, materialistic. That is right. the arc end. Yes. That is what the Jews represents. Uh, it is amazing to look around and see the number of men who have been actually uh, browbeaten into committing their whole life to these uh, secondary or even uh, territory things. While you look with great timidity and aversion at the vital things which really rule the world and upon the issue of which the world really depends. Yeah, I don't but, want to talk about politics, you know. I don't want to get involved. Well, uh, but politics will get you involved in itself. You have, you cannot escape it. All right, yeah. yeah. And that, that's another part of the problem. That Christians have faded uh, into oblivion by not, you know, running for office, etc., etc. You know, yeah, it's uh, it's tough. It's difficult to do that. And you will get smeared. The recent, I forget the guy's name in Illinois who ran for governor. He he crossed paths with the Jews several times un, unwittingly, and they, they just crucified him in the press. Yeah, back to you. Um. Yes. Something I was thought, I thought about, but I lost I lost the line. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it comes back. Yeah. Uh, but it is just this uh, deflection ah, uh, of materialistic uh, base that offered the protocolist and similarly Jewish propagandists their best hold. Broad-mindedness today consists of leaving uh, vital matters severely alone. Uh, it descends quickly to material mindedness. Uh, within this uh, lower sphere, all of the discord which distresses the world today is to be found. Yeah. Yeah, sorry to interrupt. They no longer have to interject, uh, you know, politics, more, more politics into the wound. Right? So there's enough there already. Once liberal flourish, liberalism flourishes, a society is pretty much doomed. Yeah, liberalism is one of those seductive things where that 
it inflates the egos of the liberal at the expense of their own sanity. <laughs> right. Sorry to interrupt. Back to you. Yeah, and one of the things about when you say politics is that Jews said that, that you can ignore politics, but politics won't ignore you. That's right, Ayn Rand. Yep. Can't that run away is, from uh, it. Yep. Um, okay, first, and then this with the liberals, as you said, you, you can see it here in Sweden. There are not particularly many Jews here that they influence, but they have sowed this, this seed of liberalism. And then, as I, this uh, metaphor I use, it's like a self-playing piano. They are just right. go on and go on and go on. It's the right. problem. They are like a self-playing piano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a self, uh, self-perpetuating false idea that because it's so, you know, well, it's inf- it's ego inflating for people to think they're they're doing good for humanity by integrating the races, by getting involved in the environment, and blah blah blah. Right. So they think of themselves as highly moral more moral than we conservatives are who see through the schemes, but they can't see through the schemes. I mean, not hardly, you know, a few people finally wake up and Hey, realize it's false and that it's uh, the dead end. But uh, those are few and far between. Yeah. Okay. With about five minutes left. Yeah. It takes courage also to be able to, what to say, to see this, it takes a lot of courage also. Amen. Uh, Amen. And having the, what do you say, wake up every morning and know that the world is totally upside down, but still keeping up the, yeah, keeping up the the good mood. Right. I would say. Yes. Okay. Let's continue then. First, there is the ruin of the upper circles of industry and commerce. Quote, to make it possible for liberty, uh, definitely to disintegrate and ruin gentle society. Industry must be placed on a speculative basis. End of quote. Yes. No one needs to be told what this means. It means, as everything about us shouts, the uh, prostitution of services to profits and the eventual disappearance of the profits. It means that the high art of management degenerates into exploitation. It means reckless confusion among the manager and dangerous unrest among the workmen. But it means something worse. It means the splitting up of gentle society, not the division between capital and labor, but the division between the gentiles at both ends of the working machine. Gentile managers and manufacturers are not the capitalists of the United States. Most of them have uh, to go to the capitalists for the funds which um, uh, they they work. Yes, and right. the Catholics are Jewish, international Jews. Yes. Amen. Amen. Okay. Uh, this reminds me of uh, Stalin. Stalin, who is also part Jewish, uh, and uh, Jugashvili, I think, was his original name, meaning son of a Jew. Right? That's what his name actually means. And uh, he was a union organizer for a Rothschild factory in uh, Eastern Europe. Uh, I think, believe in Georgia, maybe another Eastern European country. And so he was put in place by the Jews to take control of the Union. Okay? So if unions ever were organized by non-Jews, they were soon taken over by Jews and their frontmen, like Stalin and you know, in America, they always have a white frontman to, and then they th- apply him with money 
to dictate terms to the union and turn the union into pro-Jewish, you know, anti, uh, anti-goy, anti-white activity, right? And then ultimately as the, uh, bank account of the union builds up the juice, rob the, rob the union pension funds and rob the, the white pe- work, workers of their hard earned pensions, right? I mean, it's a never ending scam. Uh, w- whenever a Jew gets involved in our society, they just constantly look for ways to cheat us, steal from us and destroy us. It's a never ending process. Okay. All right, well, we have one more pair. Well, actually, we're just about out of time. It's 8.58 here locally. So uh, so I think we'll just end it here. We're, it looks like we got at least one more show because I didn't realize that the International Jew, the book, uh, dealt so heavily with the protocols, which is a good thing that it deals with the protocols to this extent. But it just exposes how Jews operate. Forget about the protocols. Uh, just talking about how Jews operate is very important information for people that uh, everyone needs to know. So this book, The International Jew, should be fared with everyone. It's fortunate that we have uh, this free copy of it online, so I encourage everybody to make use of it and share it with people, especially those people who don't know anything about Jews. They really should look at this book, right, and uh, understand who the Jews are. They're the parasites of the world. And they like to parasitize off of white people and Christians. That's their, we are their favorite food as far as parasites go. Okay, Michael, thanks for narrating. Thanks everybody for listening. And, you know, stay tuned for later uh, today, Voice of Christian Israel. In the meantime, Brother Abair with his CI Sabbath study and he will be talking about monkeypox. All right. So as we sign off, please welcome Brother Abair. Okay. Take care and Yahweh bless everybody. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Y'all bless you all. Yahweh bless. Bye-bye.